Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lexicon of Life podcast. We are on episode three of season three and I'm really excited about this particular 10-minute tip that I'm going to share with you all today, which is about mastering your brand. So whether that means mastering your personal brand or mastering your business brand or whatever it is, or maybe you're helping someone else and you're a social media manager trying to help someone else do their brand. Today, I'm just going to go into a bit of a case study uh, to help you look at how one particular brand has made 50 years worth of impact and how you can just use some of their ideas and put it into your own uh, personal or business brand. So today we're actually looking at the case study of Nike. So we're looking at how Nike kind of came about and I've kind of dived into the three ways that I think they have become a truly iconic brand and it's basically going to be looking at pushing your brand, how Nike have pushed their brand and they're still very, very relevant today, 50 years on. So the first tip with mastering your brand is knowing and sticking to your brand messaging. So obviously Nike have this iconic slogan, which is just do it. So they come up with this in the, I think it was like the late 80s, they launched the Just Do It brand campaign and this stuck with them throughout. But what a slogan like that does is it's not something like, you know, cheesy or something that is specific to, you know, um, I guess a particular decade or a particular time. The Just Do It slogan is something that is very cohesive with their branding in that you can have and they've done a commercial, their launch commercial on this, where they had an 80-year-old man uh, jogging through the Golden Gate Bridge in the US. And this other girl, you know, a young girl doing, um, I think she was like skipping or something like that and just doing stuff like at home or in the backyard. And the Nike slogan for Just Do It is that can be applied anywhere for anyone at any time because Nike often say that they have, um, basically they use the word athlete as anyone with a body. So they have their particular slogan with just do it. But if I find where I've written it down, the Nike mission statement is to bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. So the athlete actually has an asterisk on the end of it. And then after that, it says the asterisk, if you have a body, you are an athlete, which I personally love um, because I agree that anyone doing anything or just trying their best should go with the attitude of the motivation to just do it and just go for it. So I think for someone like that, something so simple for three words, just do it is so easy to remember, but it's just stuck with them so much and they've used it throughout their marketing and their branding over the last 50 years. It's just been insane. So, well, the 80s, I mean, it's not 50 years, but they have been able to intertwine this into all of their marketing now. So when you are able to understand and know your brand inside out through knowing who you are and who your audience is, then you're able to have something that is so strong that cannot be shaken. So what I see a lot in on socials especially is that people – when they're marketing themselves, they are unsure of who they're either talking to or who they actually are. So this is where a lot of confusion comes in of, 
what do you what do you actually stand for? What do you sell? Who are you selling to? Uh, the target market and what do they care about and what are their interests? So when a brand comes off as confusing, then there becomes very little to no retention from the customer base because the brand itself isn't solid in its foundation and its core and key messaging. So how is a customer meant to decipher and understand what this brand actually represents? So when you're doing very core things, especially in the beginning of your business, in your branding, not just your logo, brand isn't just logo and colors and fonts. It's who are you standing for? What is your vision, your mission? What is the ethos what do you actually care about as a brand? If it's a sustainable brand, do you recycle and try to have solar panels in your office and, you know, have keep cups and stuff like that? Are you um, trying to be this like super diverse and, and irreverent kind of brand? And does that mean that you hire certain people and you put this certain look or this really, really like inclusive and diverse kind of marketing in place? So, when you are actually doing that brand work, and often a lot of people in business don't do this in the beginning because they're just starting a business out of a passion and just slap a logo on, on something and call it a business, you have to actually think about what the hell do you stand for in your business. So Nike have done this really well and they know their brand and their brand is anyone with a body, which is great. So learn, learning from them, you have to know and stick with your brand messaging. The second out of this is connecting and actually embracing and loving your audience. So once you obviously know your brand messaging and who you're talking to, then you can actually connect with the people that you're targeting because for Nike, they knew what they wanted to do and who they wanted to attract. They actually embraced a market that was basically being not not embraced by anyone in the 80s, which were um, people of colour and Latinx communities, especially in the US. So while a lot of brands were being worn by these POC kids in the 80s, not a lot of them were acknowledging that these kids are actually purchasing the product because for some brands they have this almost like they want to have this elite, untouchable status about them, but they actually are very popular with maybe some lower socioeconomic areas, maybe with people of colour that they don't actually put in any of their target marketing or in their campaigns or anything like that. But Nike actually flipped it on its head and said, well, we've got all of these massive communities that are buying from Nike and they're buying the shoes and using it as streetwear and being really cool, taking something that is originally a shoe for athletes and for sports only and putting it into the streets and actually putting it into fashion and making these fashion forward statements. Nike had the foresight and the like basically the ear to the ground with their communities and with their target markets and listening properly to their target markets and watching what they were doing, what they were purchasing and where they were purchasing they were actually able to use those communities and use them in their marketing and say, we understand that you're buying this product. We want to celebrate that. Let's put it into our campaigns. Let's do it with um, who is now such an important uh, black icon is Spike Lee, the director. So when he was starting out in the 80s, like he was very unknown at the time, Nike had the foresight to hire Spike Lee to direct like ad campaigns and films 
with Nike as like the forefront of that product placement and using Michael Jordan. So I'll go get to that in a second. So if you're able to give someone that is in the community of your your target market some creative freedom and bring them in and actually ask them because the most important thing that a brand can do is listen to their audience because your audience is telling you to do something and you are blatantly and just 100% ignoring them, you are going to run out of, of business. Like you are just, your business is not going to exist at the end of the day if you are ignoring the people that you're selling to. It's just plain and simple. It's very easy to do. So you have to listen to what your audience is saying, which leads me to my third and final point is seeking the opportunities and being open to those bold statements that you can make. So is there, when an opportunity presents itself when you're in business and branding, are you actually listening to and understanding that opportunity when it presents itself? So I'll give you a great example. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, Nike gave, so Michael Jordan obviously started the Air Jordans, they started the Air Jordan sub-brand in the, um, in the 80s and this was when Michael Jordan was just starting out in the NBA playing for the Chicago Bulls when he got drafted. And he basically, like Nike came to him with this deal they cut a deal which was the biggest of NBA at the time. NBA wasn't really, you know, there weren't a lot of uh, NBA athletes, I should say, that were doing massive deals at the time with other brands, like basically doing their endorsements, um, which is a massive, massive, massive part of their income now. So Michael Jordan and Nike were kind of one of the first to do these massive endorsement deals with each other. So Nike actually gave, while they did this deal for a certain amount of time for, I think it was like two and a half million dollars over a couple of years, Nike also added in to Air Jordans for Michael Jordan, a 5% commission for every Air Jordan sold. So that not only puts us basically like affiliate marketing. So not only does that give Michael Jordan a massive, massive upper hand and advantage with making money, it actually helped Nike make all of these sales because now he's invested. Now he has something where he can say, all right, I've got 5% stake in every sale that gets sold through my Air Jordan sub-brand. Not only can I make a shit ton of money, but I can just make such a huge impact by giving a shit and myself, putting myself authentically and genuinely into the marketing campaigns of this brand. And now he's in the billionaires club. So I think that like, that's just such an incredible case study to look at and decipher. But what made this, I guess, the start of their campaign even better was that the, uh, the first Air Jordans that came out were red and black. So it actually went against the Bulls uh, uniform rule. And the NBA, um, I think director at the time, uh, David Stern, I think that's his, his name, pretty sure. Um, he was apparently fining Michael Jordan for uh, wearing the red and black shoes that were against their uniform policy. So what had happened was, yeah, David Stern, I got it right. Uh, what had happened was Michael Jordan kept wearing the shoes and kept and paying these $1,000, $3,000 fines for per game. But the amount of news that this was getting, basically sold the shoes for them and it started, it just 
completely sent this shoe into the stratosphere of the Air Jordans that we know today because what Nike then did was they took the banning, basically, of uh, the shoes with Michael Jordan and made an ad about it. So they got Michael Jordan in the red and black shoes in his Air Jordans and then basically told the world, NBA are trying to ban these shoes, like, on the court, but you, like, they're not going to ban you from buying them, the person, the average Joe they're talking to. So by actually using the controversy and what might have been a roadblock traditionally in most brands' cases, Nike took that and flipped it and said, actually, we're going to use this for our marketing. And it just fucking launched the whole thing into this massive, massive campaign that goes down in history today. So I say to you, out of that, when you are able to find those opportunities and maybe like have a bit of controversy or there is controversy and you have an opinion about it, like or a hot topic, use it. Like why not actually use it as part of like your industry, whether it's, you know, something's been banned or there's a new product coming out or there's, you know, like AI for copywriters, for example, so is a great one where um, instead of it's something to be scared of, like we are actually using it to educate people and say, like, don't be scared of AI, like, or here's my opinion on this. So that's what you can do with your brand is seek seek and understand and open your eyes to those opportunities and then when they present themselves and then actually take it and do something with it don't just sit there and think oh shit like now what do I do fucking put it out there like actually use it to your advantage another great example is Serena Williams in 2018 so this is where Nike have stuck with the athletes and stuck by taking controversy and flipping on its head same with Colin Kaepernick um, when he uh, kneeled at um, during the NFL um, when they put the American national anthem on and he took a knee, they were able to use Colin and his basically they didn't put a press release out or anything like that. They just used his face and the ad and the slogan and he put it on Twitter, like on his own Twitter, and it was Nike 100% backed him with that. That was the Nike basically branded message through Colin's Twitter. Anyway, um, coming back to Serena Williams' 2018 French Open, she wore a cat suit which Nike designed and the French Open, the, the French Tennis Foundation or Federation uh, said that they, you know, didn't like this or they put a ban on it or something like that was, it made headlines in that the Tennis Federation said, respect the game and the place in response to her catsuit because usually for the French Open you're meant to wear tennis whites or there's just a tradition around tennis that is just very, uh, very cut and dry. So a lot of people, it was a bit of an outrage and um, basically Serena Williams came back and said, this catsuit was designed for me because I was having postpartum blood clotting and it made me feel like a Wakandan superhero. Nike come out with an ad very shortly after with Serena Williams in the photo talking about how you can take the superhero costume off of a superhero but you cannot take away their superpowers. So I botched it a bit there but that's the premise of the ad. So what they've done is they've listened to the controversy that's happening back to their athlete and then flipped it on its head and used it for marketing campaign. So they're the three main, I guess, the brand mastery classes that you can take from someone as big as Nike where you might think, oh, fuck, 
Nike is a massive brand. I don't have any of the backing or the capital or budget or whatever, or just the resources that they have to be able to push my own brand in that way. Well, you don't have to have all of that stuff and all that money and all the resources in the world to actually pay attention to what a big brand is doing properly and doing very well over a very long time. So what I say to you now is to keep studying your brand, know it inside out and make bold choices where possible and where you feel comfortable. But sometimes teetering on the edge of comfortable and uncomfortable is where the good, juicy, beautiful stuff is too. So we, so I'll recap. So the first one is knowing and sticking to your brand messaging. So becoming aware of what your brand is and who you are. The second is connecting and loving your audience and embracing them. So looking at your audience and listening to them as well and taking on board their feedback, listening to them hundred percent. The third one is seeking and being open to the opportunities when they present themselves. And sometimes it might be slightly controversial and I say, go for it because that's how you're going to make a big splash in the world is just by adding some sort of controversy in a good or bad way. Um, you can actually use controversy to your advantage when needed. Not all the time, but um, be aware of it. So that's it for my 10-minute tips. I went over again. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have any requests or questions or things that I should talk about, please send me a DM on the Lexicon Creative Instagram account, which is at Lexicon Creative, L-I-X-I-C-O-N, Creative. So all good. I'll wrap up. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you got something out of today. Don't forget to look after yourself and above all, keep moving forward. See you next time.